Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. I think America's like a sleeping giant, and I think it's beginning to wake up, and I want to help with the awakening so that it survives. All creepily got your friggin' nose all up in everybody's hair. Now, I personally don't like him. I think the guy's a complete moron. Now's the time to stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in. You don't go from a bartender to a congresswoman. It's just so dumb. <laughs> Trojan horses to advance that Chinese agenda from within the United States. That's something you never saw in Russia during the Cold War. That's never something you don't even see in Russia today. Russia played a version of this game where they were actually ultimately quietly supporting the so-called ESG movement in the West that cut oil and gas production in, in Europe and the United States to increase reliance on Russia. China is that situation on steroids, not just for gas and for oil, but for nearly everything else we rely on. So, so I'm afraid you have to say, mark my words, that the day China invades Taiwan, most institutional elites in America are going to encourage us to just sit there and watch it happen in motion, and I fear Xi Jinping knows it. Not only does he know it, he's studying exactly what the American response is to what is happening in the Ukraine so he could plan his next move. And if you think anything other than that, you're being very naive and foolish. Uh, Joe Biden's response to everything has been silence. Just avoid it. We're having missiles fired at American embassies. We're having American journalists killed by Russian uh, uh, bullets over there in Ukraine. And what, if, what has this administration done, if anything? That's not the focus of what I'm doing here. I did more of that yesterday. I want to talk a little bit about climate change. And the reason why is, what is climate change? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody can give you a definite answer on it. The best answer I have for climate change is it is a control mechanism that's used because it's an existential threat that they can pretend exists forever. Um, in order to create more regulations, uh, strip you of your freedom, and use your tax money to fund their woke social justice policies that they're trying to implement. I think one of the best ways for me to prove my point here is the, key, uh, the CBC Canadian uh, Broadcast. Uh, an article that was written entitled, The War in Ukraine Threatens to Distract Us from the Climate Crisis. The uh, CBC writer is Aaron Weary, or Weary, however you want to pronounce it. In his article, Weary says that the Russian invasion of Ukraine does not change a fact of climate change. He claims in the article that Canada would be in a good position to provide liquefied natural gas and oil to Europe, which is largely uh, relying on Russian exports, but instead, but insisted, excuse me, pipelines aren't the answer regarding uh, a conservative proposal to build an eastern pipeline to export to LNG to Europe. Building a pipeline is easier, is easier said than done, <laughs> really. And even, even in an idea scenario, it doesn't seem like a short-term solution. He concluded by saying the war in Ukraine is profoundly important, but the battle against climate change still has to be fought. He is more concerned. Yes, what's happening in Ukraine is a shame, and it's, it's sad that these people are all dying and innocent people are getting bombed. And we're even getting close to bombing Poland, which would be World War III, but as again, was yesterday and maybe for another day. Uh, but he's more concerned with the climate right now. 
he is not the only one. Politico has also suggested links between the war in Ukraine and climate change, stating the war in Ukraine is tied to a climate crisis in multiple ways. The aggressor is a petrostate whose long-term long-term economic future depends on slow action to cut emissions. Europe's dependency on Russia, oil and gas is driving rival con- conversations, excuse me, about accelerating clean energy and exporting new alternative sources for fossil fuels. So political is very interested in the climate change as well, not to mention in the Atlantic uh, a Wednesday essay titled, On Top of Everything Else, Nuclear War Would Be a Climate Problem. Uh, <laughs> when we talk about what causes climate change, we usually think about oil and gas, coal and cars, and just generally energy policy. There's good reason for this, he wrote, adding that more fossil fuels you burn, the worse the climate gets. Consequently, Mayer explains that he spent much time covering the Trump administration's attempt to weaken the economy's fuel economy standards. He said it was an awful policy, one that would have led to more oil consumption for decades to come. The author says energy is not the sole domain that has a direct bearing on whether we have a livable climate or not. But foreign policy, specifically nuclear war, does too. Since Russia invaded Ukraine two weeks ago, the threat has become a lot more real, he wrote. Uh, he, of, he often warned that a no-fly zone over Ukraine would cause World War III and potentially a nuclear war between the United States and Russia. Uh, and he believes it would have been worse for the climate than any energy policy that Donald Trump ever proposed, which, <laughs> I mean, seriously... Um, If you're worried about rapid catastrophic changes to the planet and its climate, then you must be worried about nuclear war, he added. That is because on top of killing tens of millions of people, even a relatively minor exchange of nuclear weapons would wreck the planet's climate in an enormous and long-lasting ways. I mean, you you really got to grasp what what the the article goes on and he explains... um, what would happen in a case of a couple nuclear bombs versus multiple nuclear bombs about creating, uh, dropping the Earth's temperature uh, because of the clouds and then the radiation and the flesh burning and all the nuclear fallout. And he's, as he's going through the whole list of nonsense that he's got labeled there, he is consistently saying how bad it would be for the climate. Well, no crap! I mean, you really, you're going to worry about the climate in a nuclear war where we're dropping multiple nuclear bombs. Let's not worry about the, oh, I don't know, hundreds of millions of people that are going to perish. The long-term effects of radiation, which will continue to kill people for years to come. Yes, the world would be uninhabitable. What would be the point of being here at that point anyways? All of our food production would be gone. It would be total chaos. <laughs> You're worried about the climate. You should be worried about the end of the world. Because I got to be honest with you. If we're all firing nukes at each other, it's pretty much the end of the world. That's it. We're done. So I'm a little less concerned how hot it's going to be. And I'm a little bit more concerned about, oh, I don't know, a nuclear bomb dropping by my house that will completely disintegrate me. (laughs) Listen, he's not worried about it either. 
Believe me, he's not. That's not the intention of what this guy is talking about. Let's t- let's talk history here, okay? Everything goes back. You know what's a beautiful thing about history, which is why they want to erase it so badly, is because if you can go back in time, historically, you can find the answer to just about any questions that you have. The Democrats, they're the worst in the world for covering things up. They always they may cover up crimes. Excuse me. Let me let me give them credit where credits due. When they're caught in crimes, they're pretty good at covering up, but eventually the light comes out and they get caught anyways. But as far as covering other things up, they're literally the worst. They're like the little kid that tells on themselves. Anytime you can assure yourself that anytime a Democrat blames the Republican Party for doing something, it is because that is exactly what the Democrats are doing at the time. So they're like little little children that are ratting themselves out. Believe me, I know. I got little kids. When they come in and go, oh, you know, um, Dad, something spilled. Yeah, I think the uh, cup, it just fell over by itself. The wind was blowing. And I'm like, the wind, huh? In the house. It's so windy in here. All the windows are closed. It's uh, nice weather. The AC's barely turning on. What wind? But okay. I'll play along with you. We'll just go clean it up together, and that's it. That's how Democrats are, except not so innocent. But history is an amazing thing. So let's go back to the 70s, okay? What was the big existential climate threat in the 70s? Depending on how old you are, you will remember. If you're not old enough, don't worry. You're going to learn something you didn't know, which is going to be good for you, okay? In the 70s, get ready for it, because if you're new and it's the first time you're hearing it, you're really going to like this. We had the existential climate threat of the world cooling, not heating, cooling. (laughs) And what was the only way to fix that problem? Let me, oh, see, let's see. You got a pretty good guess? I would think you do. (laughs) Um, More rules and regulations, the stripping of your freedom. Oh, yes, and more taxpayer dollars for funding what they think they're going to need to combat that right okay that's your that's there in the 70s 50 years ago okay 50 years ago pay attention now in the 80s now i know i gotta have at least a few 80s children here listening okay in the 80s what was the big thing think about it all the girls with the big hairspray god forbid you can't spray your hair with them giant bottles of hairspray because you guys are just destroying the ozone layer yeah, I know you remember, ozone layer's gone. Where's it at? In the 80s, that's all you ever heard about. There's a gaping hole in the ozone layer. It's getting bigger and bitter, bigger. We're going to get seared to death by those ultraviolet rays coming through. It's over. And yet, do you ever hear about the ozone layer ever? But how do you fix the problem? <laughs> Again, let's see. Oh, yes, more rules and regulations more stripping of your freedoms, and oh, some of your tax dollars so we can fund what we think is necessary to help repair the ozone layer. Well, the ozone layer faded away, just like our cooling faded away, and then it went to, oh yes, they even made horror movies about this one, you'll really like this one. You walk outside, it's a rainy day, and it's hot, and you're thinking, man, thank God I'm going to stand outside and feel the nice cool raindrops because I'm sweating to death over here, and instead you start noticing a tingling on your skin you can't quite figure out what it is and then oh my god i'm on fire because acid rain is melting me and how do we prevent this that's right (laughs) more rules more regulations 
more stripping of your freedom, oh yes, and more funding for them. <laughs> okay, then we went into global warming. Right, global warming, the ice caps are melting, all the land is being destroyed, it's over, my God, people, we have to do something. More rules, more regulations, more money, more freedom gone. And now, 50 years later, we have survived all of these catastrophic events somehow, some way, and we are at climate change. And why is it not so specific? See, they did learn one thing. You made it much too specific before, and just give it a little time, and the sham is over, because people will see that whatever you're talking about, you're full of crap. <laughs> yeah because it's too specific. Now, climate change is just broad. It's about all climate, all weather, no matter what kind it is, hot or cold, if it's a drought or you got an excess of water, if it's earthquakes or if it's pollution in the ocean, whatever the hell it is this time, it's much broader because it gives them that threat that they can beat that drum for the next hundred years. Why? Come on, say it with me now, okay? More rules, more regulations, more stripping you of your power, your freedoms, and more funding for their woke causes. <laughs> oh my God. How dumb do they think we all are? Now, I hope some of these you don't know. I hope if I got a really young audience and you're some college kids and you're 19 or 20 or 21 years old, you've never heard of any of these, please go look them up. Please, it's, it is beneficial to you to read it and know it for yourself. When you see all the climate disasters that somehow over the last 50 years we have managed to avoid and they have consistently changed, it's not like the cooling one and we've done so much that the cooling is still a threat, but we've been keeping it at bay. No, 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 that was in the 70s. Uh, then we got to the 80s and we had a couple variations in the 80s and then we got to the 90s and with global warming and then we just decided in the 2000s, oh, we're gonna change this to climate change because we need something that can go on forever. So it'll be good for you to learn it, good for you to read it, it's good knowledge to have. But you see they are more concerned with power because that's what it is, it's power. It says nothing to do with the climate than they are about the war in Ukraine where innocent people are dying or a potential nuclear holocaust that's going to kill, oh, I don't know, all of us. <laughs> Show, shows you where things are really at. So please, pay attention. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't fall for the nonsense because, believe me, that is all it is. It is a bunch of nonsense. All right. Uh, Democratic midterm campaign chief representative Sean Patrick Maloney, a Democrat from New York over the weekend in Philadelphia, said that his party is the problem as to why they are having trouble relating to voters. At the House Democratic retreat, Maloney, head of the DCCC, said that as much as everyone says, the problem is not the voters, the problem is us. He made that statement. During a part of the conference weekend that was supposed to be designed to forge unity, that was reported by the Washington Post, he said, they think that we're divisive and too focused on cultural issues. They think that we are preachy. They think that we act like we know better than parents and it when it comes to their kids in schools. He added, Democrats appear to be noticing their chances of holding the majority through the midterms are not great. <laughs> you think? Um... This comes as Democrats are having trouble with messaging on a national level for the last year, if not longer. 
Breitbart News has chronicled issues with the Democratic Party, including midterm strategies, defund the police, infrastructure Cuba, and even wanting a change within the White House. Maloney himself has even had problems with the messaging on rising gas prices, fundraising concerns, and even attacked by his party's vulnerable, vulnerable members. At the same time, the DCCC includes factual inaccuracies in their Kyle Rittenhouse reaction statement. It looks like what the Democrats' master plan is, is to embrace Biden's style, even though his numbers have been in the tank. And there are some members of his party that disagree with the Biden-style assessment, which, I mean, <laughs> if you hope to survive, I don't I don't fault them for disagreeing. Sorry if you hear papers shuffling in the background. I usually have this all laid out. Um, I don't, you know, again, I don't fault them for disagreeing because Biden's numbers are uh, pretty trash. He is that person in many ways we need to become, Maloney said about Biden's interaction with voters. If there's a kid with a stutter, the president's going to fall all over him. <laughs> you know, with, <laughs> with everything that they say about him, that's probably not the best statement to throw out there, I'm just going to say. Uh, if there's a cop or a fighter fighter who has had a, had a tough time, Joe Biden wants to wrap his arms around him, which I don't even understand because he called himself to defund the police. He doesn't take care of these people. He hurts them. If he cared so much about them, he wouldn't put mandates on them, forcing a lot of them to retire and quit them or, or quit their jobs. So I don't believe that at all. When it comes down to it, they are so concerned about midterms that they believe you see, they're thinking Joe uh, won the presidency, which that's in debate, but they're thinking Joe won the presidency because he's a nice guy, and they want to adopt this whole supposed nice guy appearance, uh, and that has failed in itself. Joe Biden is a nasty individual. If you ever watch the way he talks and treats people, not what the uh, mainstream media is going to feed you, these wonderful moments where it's supposed to be so lovely, and look at how kind and lovely he is. No, I'm talking about the real Joe Biden, the racist Joe Biden, the one that snaps on people and gets nasty. I'm talking about who Joe Biden really is. If you knew what he was really like, that's a losing idea as well. <laughs> I mean, Joe Biden's popularity ain't real great. He's, he's struggling to not be the worst president in U.S. history. And believe me, he's teetering right there. A little bit more, and he's going to win the title. As literally the worst president that we have ever had in 46 uh, terms. These people are as desperate as I have ever seen going into an election cycle. They are scared to death to lose the House and the Senate. I hope they lose both. And it's going to take all of us to make that happen. We are all going to have to get out there and vote. We got to go out of our way to rally our friends and family members and everybody to get out and vote. Because if you want any type of peace in this country, if you want things to start to get better, the first way to do that is to be able to stop all the nonsense that they are trying to pass on us. Yesterday's episode, I showed you how they're trying to fool you about inflation. I mean, these people really think you're stupid. You know, believe them when they believe me and believe them when they say it. They think you are stupid 
ignorant. You're not paying attention. They feel they can say whatever they want. Mainstream media is going to cover for them. They'll fix it all up. They'll clean it up. They're never going to have to worry about anything. These people think you are a fool. We need to prove them wrong in November. Now, I was going to talk about COVID. Oh, my favorite subject. If you've noticed, I've been trying to stay away from that as much as possible because to me, COVID is over and it's been over. However, I do have one audio clip I'd like you to hear just very quickly and we'll touch on it and then you can go about your business. Here that is. What was the feeling when Kyrie comes into the building and sits courtside, walks with you guys into the locker room, but obviously can't take two steps onto the floor and play? It's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand it at all. I mean, can't, is it every, it's a few people in our arena that's unvaxxed, right? Like, they lifted all of that in our arena, right? So what's the, I don't get it. It's a second mandate that says he can come in, but can't play. Yeah, I don't get it. It just feels like at this point now, somebody's trying to make a statement or a point um to flex their authority um but you know everybody out here is looking for attention and that's when i feel like the the mayor wants right now some attention you know um but he'll figure it out soon he better um but it just didn't make any sense like there's unvaxxed people in this building already we got a guy who uh can come into the building i guess are they fearing our safety what like i don't get it so yeah, we're all confused. Pretty much everybody in the world is confused at this point. Early on in the season, you know, people didn't understand what was going on, but now it just looks stupid. So hopefully, Eric, you you got to figure this out. My personal fear is that COVID after midterms is going to come back. It's going to come back with a vengeance. You're already starting to hear news reports. I was hearing early this morning that China's having the biggest breakout in two years and they got a couple other cities locked down and I just shook my head just thinking to myself my god here we go they're just not going to let this go they need this to keep their power they're not going to let it go not to mention Tulsi Gabbard made a great point that in Ukraine um, there are a bunch of different biolabs over there. I think she set up to 25 biolabs over there that have all kinds of deadly things in them. And it would probably be in our best interest to secure those facilities so that way they're not we're not getting exposed to yet another pandemic of some kind. But this one potentially with something that's actually deadly as opposed to COVID. I, I don't know. But I don't think that they're going to let this go. The mayor of New York City, again, I've said this. I'm going to say it multiple times. I'm sure I'll say it another time beyond this point. New York City, you you guys did a great job going from one dictator to another. My God. Instead of voting a conservative in there that's going to give you back your freedom and he's not going to do what these people are doing, you guys vote another world-class idiot into that uh, mayoral seat. So... I guess you get whatever you get. Um, I'm glad to see that the players, you know, they figure it out. Everybody figured out COVID is so done, so over. That's why I haven't wanted to talk about it. I've had no interest. I've been doing this uh, podcast since, what, uh, June. I think I started June 2020. We're in, I'm coming up on two years. And only over the last few weeks, two or three weeks, I've been able to get away from talking about COVID because finally everybody's loosening restrictions and they're treating it as it should be treated, that it is over and it's not a big deal. Again, my fear is that after midterms, 
you may see some things pop up. It, you know, it's in line with flu season and everything else, so the season of COVID. So, you know, be careful what you vote for. That would be another alarm there is to make sure that you vote correctly because uh, if you vote for somebody like an Eric Adams, just know that there is a potential that they're going to take your freedoms away from you once again, and then when they give them back to you, act like they're doing you some type of favor. All right. If you like what you're hearing, hearing, please rate and review me. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N. If you'd like to follow me on Parlor or Gab, I'm at The Real Little Joe. CloudHub, Little Joe CC. YouTube, Little Joe CC. Uh, Rumble, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can go to littlejoecc.com. Go to, to the contact section and leave me a message. My God, I can't talk today. Um, Otherwise, have a wonderful Tuesday. We will do it again tomorrow.